Welcome to the Friendship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Binnick, and today we're going to be talking about all things fitness, wellness, and mindset so that you can be the best version of yourself for everybody and your family and life that loves you and needs you. Uh, Hello and welcome to the Friendship Show Day Two, episode two, I guess is what we want to call it. As you can see here, my lovely, amazing wife, Maria, has joined for today. Uh, Our puppies are also here with us. Now, luckily for us today, the Browns have shown that they are who we thought they were. They are bums. They've always been bums. They will never not be bums. And so... We are talking a little bit earlier. I'm sure the game's actually still going on. I personally couldn't handle anymore. So welcome. Let's start talking about some positive stuff. (laughs) As Maria's been putting up with this for years. Now, today, what we're going to be talking about, guys, again, is... Uh, how we can help walk people closer to a high-performing life. And that's what we do at Friendship is we build high performers through building and helping them and their families build healthy habits because we believe that that will help create a better community for all of us. So uh, it's always kind of the reason we're doing this show and we'll get on the show today. Today we're going to be talking about kids and families, uh, setting up the other people in your life for a successful future together. And that's really what we're going to be kind of discussing today. You guys, as always on Facebook, you guys are more than welcome to type in comments if there's any questions and if I'm able to see the questions because sometimes they don't come through be happy to answer and talk about anything that you guys want to talk about uh, throughout this so let's get into kids and families today all right so kids we're going to talk about systemic issues Maria all right so problems facing kids uh, right now today I think if you guys are like the older you are probably you guys see it as a bigger problem maybe the younger you are you might be a little bit more uh, liberal with some of the things that are perceived as problems we're going to talk about all those things today the first one we're going to talk about guys is sort of the school system that we're put within and obviously right now they're facing a ton of adversity and if you guys talk to teachers or if you talk to students I've been talking to both our teachers and then my nephew and some of the other kids inside the program about what school's like for them. Obviously, they're facing quite a few challenges right now in terms of learning how to balance sitting and being in front of a computer screen for an extended period of time. Um, And even inside of a normal world school, we are still putting these kids in situations where they have to sit for extended periods of time and they're just generally not as active as they maybe are at like a preschool age. So like four, five, six, three, four, five, um, where we want them to be out running, jumping, playing, doing those things. Um, I know a lot of us as kids, or at least myself as kids, I know Maria's got a bunch of really fun stories of her and Sam as kids. Um, and Maria, what did you, did you guys just like, let's so like typical summer afternoon. Would you just like leave the house and just like not come back for hours at a time? We played like all day. Yeah. And you would like bugs, be on our bikes, cops and robbers. You remember that? Yeah. Right. So just playing random games out in the neighborhood. And that sort of leads us into step two here, which I talk about is now a lot of times that would be labeled as neglect as a parent. Um, So our kids are maybe maybe going to be a little bit more put into situations where they're sort of naturally helicoptered by society and not as able to just run and be free. And I think a lot of that we probably have some justified fears um, from that as a society. Uh, But also it's just something that sort of systemically has just become... (laughs) 
uh, abnormal today where not a lot of kids are just leaving the house and uh, able to have sort of the freedom that maybe we had before. And even a lot of you guys, if you do have kids where they do do that, because I know we do have that a lot in our community, um, a lot of times we're still giving them cell phones or still tracking them in some way. And a lot of that's from a safety protocol standpoint. But again, some of that maybe limits the amount of activity that our kids are going to have generally uh, compared to what might be considered more natural, right? If we were talking about like a pre-1980 kid, uh, probably would have generally quite a bit more freedom in terms of being out and playing uh, in their communities than kids today do. And then the last one, I think this is something where um, we don't see it a lot in our bubble, I don't think, Maria, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, in our bubble, we don't see this a lot, but the fear of failure from parents where they don't want their to put their kids in situations where they are facing adversity. And so this is going to be the first thing we talk about here, but uh, we get naturally into sort of this helicopter parenting or this nanny state where we try to protect our kids so much from failing or being uncomfortable, um, hurting themselves in any way. And this sort of fear of failure has limited uh, the things that we're exposing our kids to, which again, are things that are probably very, at least we believe are very worthwhile for their growth. And so that's where we're going to start is adversity as a goal uh, for our kids and for our next generation. And the things that we really want to be seeing from uh, the kids inside of the friendship program is we want them to be challenging themselves. Now, the important thing for this is they need to find a safe environment to fail. And Maria does an absolutely incredible job. If you guys have ever watched a youth program class that Maria or Liz or Kaylee coaches, they provide such a safe environment for kids to come in and try new things when they're ready for it. So a lot of times it's on their terms, but there's probably a situation, Maria, where a kid has maybe been so maybe afraid of trying that you've had to push them. Would you say that's true? Yeah. And so you recommend them to maybe try something because you know they can do it, but they just are maybe a little bit afraid of even attempting it because they're afraid of failure. And so we see a lot of that when kids first come in is they won't try certain things. And we have to sort of systematically get them to understand that like nobody's going to think less of you. Nobody's going to judge you. And in fact, we're actually just going to celebrate the fact that you're trying. Right. And we're going to be very happy and excited for you, especially if you succeed. And obviously, if you guys have ever heard Maria back in the back coaching the kids, it's just like, ah! She gets super excited for the kids when they'd actually try something and accomplish it, which is really, really cool. It's very unique. But there are a lot of other environments out there that we can get our kids involved with that are very safe environments to fail, where failing is actually encouraged because it's required to develop. Things like rock climbing, musical instruments, martial arts. A lot of these are great systems for kids to learn um, that you have to you know, try, fail, and keep trying and go through the iterations and go through the process um, of that sort of failure, learn, try again, failure, learn, try again, and understanding that you're not going to be shouted down for it. And sometimes this is where I think ball sports do a really bad job of this is a lot of times if you do the wrong thing in a ball sport, your coach will actually yell at you. It isn't always a safe environment for you to fail. It isn't always a safe environment. Like I remember this one time I threw a behind the back pass in a basketball game when I was like in middle school 
and I got benched and I got yelled at. And it's like, okay, so you see these guys, like, how am I ever going to, you know, learn to practice that skill? Because I could do it in practice. I do it well in practice. But then in games, you have to be willing to try and fail at things. And, you know, at that point, you realize, okay, like, maybe I wasn't actually ready. I need to go back and practice it more. But um, that idea, that concept of shutting kids down when they fail, when they try something, rather than just learning, like, hey, they're kids. Like, you know, I'm going to throw away a bunch of behind the back passes if I keep playing basketball over the years. It just happens. You turn the ball over. Um, So that's one of the big things that we try to do at Friendship is be a place that has a safe environment for kids to try things, get out of their comfort zone, and then really make sure that our coaches um, know that that's the environment we're trying to create for those kids. And that brings us to point two, which is supportive and communicative leaders. And so Liz, Kaylee, and Maria are the ones who run our youth program at Friendship. Uh, The other coaches will jump in and help from time to time. But the idea is always that we're just excited to have the kids in the facility at all. We think that that in and of itself is a gigantic step. And so you'll see even the other coaches will start to build relationships with people like, you know, Sid and Maya and Anthony and Ryan, some of these kids who grew up in the program and stuck with it for years, you'll see they all start to grow and gather these comfortable relationships with some of the other coaches and trainers who might not even be coaching and training them inside of a you know youth class, like a teens class. And we're always trying to help give kids outlets to continue to learn how to communicate with adults um, and communicate about things that are tough sometimes, like um, body image or your physical fitness or um, and give me some other ones. I don't know. What are other things that you communicate with kids about? Maria communicates with kids about all kinds of stuff. Like you'll get these teenagers going through all sorts of bodily changes and stuff. And sometimes they don't want to talk to mom and dad about that. So sometimes they'll talk to coach Maria about that. So it's like, sometimes you can just have like that, that outside coach that, um, you know, aunt Maria as my, my nephew uh, would call her. And, um, you know, she's a great resource for that stuff and very open-minded and communicative with kids. And then she involves the parents in a way that's appropriate. Right. So if it's something where she feels like, okay, like I should probably talk to the parent about this, but I don't want to do it in a way that hurts mine and the kids. Um, relationship. And so that idea of a supportive, communicative team of leaders, um, you know, all working together mm-hmm. to help the kids. Mold yeah. Help mold yeah. the kids into, um, you know, strong, confident kids. We're going to talk a lot about what the kids can take away from the program at the end. And then this is the big one for Maria. And she's amazing at this. This is something that we've worked a lot on. This is really like coaching 101, uh, but training the skill of reframing communication. And you see, Maria, t- tell me if you think I'm wrong on this. That's like my favorite thing to like talk to them about. Yeah. It's like, what, what, what about saying this? And, they go, and they're like, oh, you know, it's like a brain fart. Well, and I think it's a learned skill from parents. We get a lot of adults, adults more than kids come in and they talk down on themselves. Mm -hmm. So they'll say something like, oh, I suck at this. Like, I'm not good at this. Like, this sucks or whatever. And they talk negatively about themselves. Mm -hmm. And then kids will reiterate that because they hear their parents say something like that. Or they hear their parents say that even about somebody else. And so that's a learned skill that they are starting to, you know, adopt that language And then put it into practice at something where like, you know, they try a rope climb for the first time and they can't do it. And they're like, I suck at this. Like, this isn't like, I'm not good at this. Or they say, I don't think I can do this before they even try it. Right. And so what we try to work on then is how can we reframe that into positive language? How can we reframe this around like this is going to be a great opportunity for me to get stronger? Like I'm excited to work on this because I know that that's something that I can get better at. Um, And, you know, 
even just saying something like, well, I don't know until I try. Um, and then having that different mindset towards things. So this is a huge part of, um, you know, giving your kids adversity and putting them in situations where they can fail, but they're learning these other skills around supportive leaders and in safe environments. And so um, I highly recommend you guys get your kids involved with one of those things that we were talking about. So whether it be, um, you know, martial arts, martial arts is a big one. Rock climbing is a great one that I got involved with when I was young. Um, it's a very like failure oriented sport, but it's a really great community. Um, music, you know, musical instruments is great. It's not necessarily physical or super healthy necessarily, but um, it's obviously one of those ones that can help you train your brain for discipline and the iterative process. Um, and then obviously um, strength, strength type things, strength sports. All right, on to our next one. Um, so what kids can kind of take away from youth development programs? Um, and, and that's how we think about it. We don't think about it as like a exercise class or whatever. Like we think about it as a youth development program. And I think this is the biggest one is we want the kids to enjoy and appreciate health. Like if at the end of the day, a kid leaves our teens program or our kids program and loves going to the gym and loves working out, like that's the greatest thing that we can give to a kid because eventually there's going to come a time in their life when they're going to want to adopt that stuff. Like every human being at some point or another wants to start getting into shape or taking care of their body or, you know, just whatever it might be, whatever cause, um, you know, causes you to have that. You might go to the doctor one day when you're 50 and be like, he's like, Hey, look, you got to start working out. Cause you've got, you know, you're pre-diabetic and you got hypertension. You got some of these other things you need to start working out. Well, if when you were a kid, you spent years training in a gym and you knew how to do lunges and squats and presses and all of these different things. And you felt really comfortable in that environment. Well, it's going to be really easy for you to then go ahead and walk into a new program because you're already comfortable in that environment. And so if you have that enjoyment and that appreciation of the gym process of eating healthy of some of those things, then that will really carry over uh, in a big way for, you know, positive rest of your life effect. The second one for us is a positive body image. And I think a lot of times this gets associated with women, but it actually is also really associated with young men as well. And now we see, you know, with, with obesity and childhood obesity higher than it's ever been and continuing to be on the rise, um, this idea of having a body that you feel good about and not just in terms of like it's, I'm not talking about like six packs and muscles and all these things, but just the fact that you're proud of what your body can do. I think that's what we want for our kids is we want our kids to understand that like our body is capable. It can do things. It's, um, you know, it's this tool for us if we want it to be that way. And we've had kids who have come in who have never done anything physical in their entire lives and they join the program and they go through the process of three, four or five years and it becomes incredible what they can accomplish. And they start to become like athletic. And, and then when you watch what that does to their demeanor, it's incredible. And they start to develop just this confidence. You start seeing them where they'll wear like tank tops or they'll take their shirt off in the gym and you know exactly who I'm talking about and they start to grow this confidence um, and it's like they're doing things that they never would have done they never would have stepped out of that comfort zone for even a moment of time had it not been for the hard work that they put in inside of the gym and I think that's one of the really cool things that comes out of the, the kids program um, and then the last one is confidence and confidence expands a lot of different things from the kids and teens program I think it's a personality confidence the one that I like to see the most is when I walk in, like, it's like, you know, hey, Jeff, this is Rye. Rye's stance is he's looking down at the ground. It's like he's kind of like looking up like this. Like, hi, nice to meet you. It's really meek. You know, it's not like they're not super confident. And Maria meets way more kids than I do. And, and they're all pulled forward because they're fun. 
them. Yep. They're all they're all like looking down. Their heads are forward. They're not like eyes up. They're not communicating to you on an adult level. And one of the biggest things that comes out of coming in and training is this confident personality. And again, it's that idea of we fail and we realize like the world doesn't end when we fail. And then if we try harder and we accomplish, we feel that sense of accomplishment. And if you do that enough times over, you start to realize like I can kind of do anything I set my mind to. And when you start to adopt that, your personality starts to exude this confidence. You pull your shoulders back, you pick your head up, you start to look people in the eye. And so like there's a lot of, especially young women, like I am a, you know, I'm a, I'm a large male. And so a lot of times you'll get these young, you know, 13, 14 year old girls who will come into Maria's program and Maria's always like, Hey, this is my husband. This is Jeff. Meet night and like, say hi. And they're, they're all just like, <laughs> they're like, won't say anything to me. And after a couple of years, they'll be the ones who go out of their way to come and say hi to me. And they'll be the ones who will carry on conversations with me about where they're going to college and what they're going to be doing. It's really cool to watch that adjustment, that total personality change uh, come out of just, you know, the, the time spent in the program. So I think that's a huge one um, in a workout atmosphere. I think this is the biggest one. Again, when kids walk in, they're sort of like deer in headlights. This is true for adults too, um, but they start to build confidence in a workout atmosphere. So what's really cool, what I like to see, so I'm going to use Rye as an example. So Rye is now a coach with us and Rye started in the program when he was 15. Is that right, Maria? Mm, yeah, 14. 14. Yeah. So he started the program when he was 14 years old and he, you know, worked really hard, showed up super consistently and he developed, I mean, obviously he got extremely good at everything, weightlifting, gymnastics, all of it. He got extremely fit, strong, capable, and that grew a lot of confidence in him. But more than anything above and beyond that, he actually took a strength and conditioning class his senior year and it was like all football players and they kind of took it as a blow off class. And then Raj was at me. He's like, not, he wasn't playing any sports at this time. He'd, he'd stepped away from all the organized sports that he was playing. And he's just kind of like the, the kid on the side working out. And then all of a sudden it like starts to be this like, holy crap, like this random kid in our senior class who nobody's ever seen lift weights because he doesn't play sports. I'll get guess. Um, is over there, you know, back squatting like 350 and like is doing it, you know, just for fun in the middle of class. And so it was really cool to like have him tell us that story that that's what he was doing inside of this school environment because he was going out of his way then to find other gym opportunities and work out in public with his peers in a situation that was probably at the time that he joined very intimidating for him and maybe not intimidating for the other football players. And I know because I was in that same situation where I was in a class just like that and I would show up to the gym and I felt like I had no clue. I felt so uncomfortable in like it was not a great environment for me. I had no confidence. I was struggling a lot with like my own ego and I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. It's like, oh, I'll do deficit bench press. And then the only reason that I would do that was the only thing that I could use the big weights on. So it was the only thing I could use 45 pound plates on. And so that was the workout. That was the exercise I always chose because it was the one that I like, I didn't look like a total, I guess, idiot doing. So I had some, some degree of confidence, but it was really cool to hear Rye tell us that story that basically he grew that confidence over time, um, just through being in the program. And then uh, being in an adult atmosphere, I think this is big for kids, again, for growing confidence. When we talk about kids are going to leave, they're going to go to college, they're going to go and start working jobs, they're going to go into apprenticeships, whatever it might be. Being in an adult atmosphere where you have to communicate effectively with other adults 
is key, right? And this is different from team sports because if you play basketball or football or soccer, you're hanging out with your friends and you're playing with your friends and you're communicating with your friends and then there's kind of sort of just this adult figure over there. And that's not really what it is in the gym, right? And so if you look at like an Anthony or somebody who's been with the program for a while, he's now working out with adults. And he's in and around adults. He's communicating to the left and right with adults all day. And so it's more of an adult atmosphere that you're learning to communicate in. You're learning how to ask for help. You're learning when you're having struggles. You're learning how to ask questions and discuss failure with strangers or adults or even just, you know, maybe not perfect, like friendly acquaintances, which is super easy to avoid for young kids in just their day-to-day lives. Like it's easy to avoid not raising your hand in class and never talking to a teacher and instead just spending time talking to your just your little cohort of friends that you're super comfortable with. And so we always have to work on getting kids out of that atmosphere and teaching them to learn to talk to other adults. And then we talked about failing in public, um, sort of the last one there. So uh, friendship system, sort of how we run with kids. We have four levels of development. And so we start all the way at three years old. Again, this is sort of non-COVID times is our system for this. Um, So we start all the way down at three years old and we go from about three to six roughly, right? And a lot of this is mostly merit-based and how they do uh, inside of the program and how their attention span is and how well they listen to coaches and how respectful they are of the, uh, the other people in class. And then they move into the level two program, which we would call like our kids program, which is more like maybe six to eight years old or five to eight years old. Then they move into level three. Both of those programs are with Liz specifically. And then they move to level three. If they're at Lewis Center, they're going to go with Coach Kaylee. If they're at Dublin, they're going to go with Coach Maria. And then they move into real, really more legitimate training, right, Maria? Um, they go into more real strength and conditioning. They're learning compound weightlifting movements and uh, gymnastics and how to do cardiovascular workouts, how to, how to exercise with a high heart rate. Um, and really learning how to be comfortable moving well is, is the big thing. So we really look at his movement development. I want them to be able to leave the program and feel like they can do a clean, a squat press, (coughs) excuse me. Uh, any of the, thank you. We left, we left we left the opening for somebody else um, for you Seinfeld watchers so um, so those are sort of the four levels of, of um, development that we've created and our ideal then is somewhere around maybe 16 or 17 years old they would uh, have the opportunity to move into the pure adult program if that was better for them and some kids choose not to do that right we had kids that were 18, 19 yeah. choose to stay in the teen program uh, just because they they like um, maybe being a big fish in a little pond maybe being maybe on the older more experienced then because they've built a good level of confidence with that um i think they just don't they're i feel like like they feel a little guilty leaving me yeah yeah they become working out with you yeah they become attached to maria a little bit but then also to what you were saying Um, But that's how we do that. And so it's a very developmental process. It starts, the youngest class starts at 30 minutes and we go to 30 to 45 minutes and then we go up to an hour and then, um, and then really they're into a full program. So they're really doing a full exercise program at the end of it. Now I believe, and this is something that we didn't really plan at the beginning, but it sort of worked out. And actually now I believe it's a huge proponent of the program is we have strong female coaching um, in this. So all of our coaches in this are females. They're all fantastic role models. And the biggest reason why I think this is good for both sexes is for two reasons. For boys, 
it's really cool to have coaches that are women, that are strong women, that can lift more weights than them and do more things than them, especially when they start to get into that, like, slightly cocky, what did you say, like 13, 14, Maria? That, that age, and it's like, hey, listen, like, Coach Maria's a girl, and she can still kick her butt. Um, and having that little, like, ego check sometimes I think is really important for young men, but it's also the the amazing thing that it does is it, it teaches teaches them to sort of respect women on a pretty equal playing field in terms of uh, what women can become capable of and what they can do and how strong they can be. Um, and and I think that that's just really cool. Not all not all young men get that. Some young men do get that, but um, not all young men that have come into the program do. And when they start to see it, it's like, yeah, can you, you know, can you out deadlift Maria? Like she's a, she's 128 pounds. She's just a little girl. And like, can you outlift her yet? And they're like, well, no. And so like they can set these aspirational goals uh, to sort of come up and, um, you know, take over Coach Maria. But at the end of it, they've gained a huge amount of respect for, um, you know, a, a strong woman uh, presence being their coach, which I just think is cool. And again, when I grew up playing sports, I played, I mean, every sport across, you know, for my entire time growing up, never had a female coach mm-hmm. ever. Well, it's also good when they get into like dating, when they get a little bit older, they understand like, that a strong woman is healthy yeah. and then they understand healthy women and if they're going to have that like if, if a woman they meet one day has a healthy lifestyle and eats good and works out and it's discipline and routine and stuff like that then he will be able to tell you yeah know what I mean? he'll have an appreciation mm-hmm. for that yeah well the other thing too that that i think is interesting is um you do a really good job and I'm sure Kaylee does too. I haven't seen it firsthand yet, but I've seen you do a really good job with telling, especially like teenage boys, like girls don't like that. Like, don't do that. Like you don't look cool. That's not, it's not cool to treat women bad. It's not cool to say that. Um, and you get opportunities where again, if you put a guy into a, an all boys sport with a male leader coach, sometimes that stuff will just get passed over. Like nobody might say anything to that kid. So that kid just goes on for lack of a better way to call it. Let's say it. Let's just say the kids maybe being a bit of a D bag, right? Like just being not, not a good kid, like saying things where you're like, okay. And they're still figuring out like they're in that, they're in that process. Right. And I say this a lot. Cause like, I know that I struggled with that when I was going through teenagers, like, Oh, is this cool? Like, can I say this? Should it like, how do I talk about women? You're trying to figure all that stuff out. And if that's happening in your class, like you shut it down and you're able to say it in the in the moment, which I just think is cool. Like that's a really rare opportunity for some of these kids, especially if they grew up playing all ball sports and they never had a male or sorry, they never had a female coach in any way that could sit there and call them out in on that, you know, misogyny. And again, same thing. These classes are mixed sex. So there's boys and girls working out together. And again, same thing. All of my sports, I never grew up. There were never girls with us, right? Now you're engaging in like this physical thing. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, Julia really sticks out to me as like the one where Julia came in and then she just started whooping all the boys. (laughs) So you get, you get like a young female who's coming in and she is stronger, more fit, more capable than all the boys. And like all of a sudden it's like you start to reframe how you think about, you know, women physically um, and what they're really capable of. So I think that's a really cool thing. So I think that's why it's good 
for the boys. And then how it's good for the women, I think, is really cool along a lot of lines that we talked about in terms of being able to talk about like food as fuel. We're not afraid of food, right? We don't um, we don't diet. We don't crash. Like it's cool to have a strong, capable body. Um, and we learn and build an appreciation for those mm-hmm. things. And that like Tim Smolin's daughter, Elena, came back. So she when she was here like a year ago, maybe even, I forget how long, but she was like a twig. And then um, she started growing to her body, and I think they've been working on nutrition because she came back for fall and is, like, jacked. And her legs look so muscular, like, she's been, like, working on her nutrition and working out and stuff. And I was like, geez, Lena. She goes, my mom makes me drink celery for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) So she, like, understands, like, all of that stuff. And she's like 15. Yeah. And so, but that's the cool thing is like we have nutrition conversations all throughout the program and we're making sure that we prioritize the right things with the kids. So we talk about functional movements. We talk about like, you know, working out is not just like killing yourself on the treadmill for, you know, 30 minutes, six days a week and running, 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 running and crash dieting, right? Like it's, that's not what exercise is. And I know that a lot of the girls that I grew up with that struggled with um, eating disorders or body image issues and some of those things, that was what they resorted to. And it's really great for us to be able to have an opportunity to catch these kids when they're like young and excited about the potential of their body. And again, put a strong female leader uh, in front of them that is able to live these ideals, right? And be able to communicate about their struggles with nutrition and what they've worked on and how it's worked and how that's improved their body image and confidence and some of that stuff. So that's why I think it's cool for girls. So I think it's a great thing for both uh, men and women. And I do think that, you know, there's something lost a little bit, um, with, with a male coach and that's just my own, my own views on that. Um, nutrition communication obviously is a big one. If you guys are involved with health and fitness, you're not doing nutrition stuff like time to get on it. Um, and so, uh, we're able to talk about the kids and sometimes we do more. Sometimes we do less. Obviously Kaylee probably does more than Maria because she's a dietitian by trade. So naturally nutrition is one of the first things she talks about. Um, but we try to make sure that we get that communication with kids based on their goals and some of the things that we know they need to work on. We get that in and that's a big piece of conversation for us. And then this is a cool one for us is uh, parent kid workouts. And so, um, Maria and, and that will invite the parents to come in and do partner workouts sometime with the kids. And then as we start talking about, um, uh, we'll talk, we'll talk about it a little bit here, but, uh, as we start thinking about the parents, parents are able to work out a lot of times at the same times as their kids. And then they're able to get in the car. So my, my nephew and my brother have recently started doing this and they will get in the car together they're both sweaty. They're both tired. They're both like, Oh man, like my, you know, my, my legs or my, you know, my arms like are so tired after that workout today. And they're able to have this like, you know, mutual bonding session talking about the workout they just got in. And now they're talking about how they've prioritized health and fitness for their day. And they're going to go home. They're going to make good, healthy eating choices. You know, my nephew does a great job of helping my brother cook and they're engaged in the process of improving themselves together. It's a together thing. It's something that you share together as a family as, as a, you know, a parent and a a kid. And the, you know, I think that that is huge. And we're going to talk about that when we start talking about parents more, but I can't understate how important I think that that is. Mm-hmm. Um, just let me drop my kid off and I don't know what they're doing. Right. Just drop them off. Yep. Yeah. And so if you're not engaged, like if you're a parent and you're just dropping your kid off and you're not necessarily engaged with any sort of, um, you know, health and fitness yourself, sometimes it might be hard for you to tell your kid why they need to do that. Right. Or why that's an important thing for them. Um, if we're not actively engaged with that, that's something that we should always be trying to embody and be sort of a, a role model on, um, both just because 
because it's good for our own health and well-being, but also um, because it, it's going to help the next generation of your family, um, you know, not have health be a, be an issue for them as well. And so that's, you know, moving on right into families here is why we believe in family alignment in health. Um, so family alignment, I think, is a big one. It is the biggest, like one of the number one success factors in our gym is when we get spouses aligned and especially spouses and kids aligned or everybody who's in your tight daily structure. So I know Maria and I, if we're not aligned with that, we both are going to eat these things. We're both going to exercise like this way and choose these things. Then we would both be significantly worse off than we are. Like we would, we would both fail. Um, and so it's not necessarily one person's fault or the other, but it's the alignment that helps us grow stronger, right? It's not necessarily that you can't be successful without it, but it definitely makes you stronger when you both are engaged with it, when yeah. you're aligned with that. You said to have more discipline if you're not going to have... Right. A group of yeah. Supporting you. Yep. Exactly. It requires so what Maria said there is like it requires more out of you if um, if not everybody is like helping you if you don't have that support system. Um, so we encourage people to cook together um, and encourage your kids, encourage your spouse in the entire nutritional process. And I look at the nutritional process. Unless you're a farmer, the nutritional process starts sort of at planning. So. What are we going to eat for the week? What are we going to make? And what do we need to go and buy at the grocery, right? So planning over to grocery and then from grocery to cooking and from cooking then to leftovers and then sort of a circle back into planning, right? Um, so that's sort of the process. And I highly, highly, highly recommend actually talking to your kids before you go to the grocery and say, this is why we're getting this grocery list because we're going to be making this on Wednesday, this on Thursday, this on Friday. This is what we eat for breakfast. Breakfast. This is what I'm going to make you for lunch. So that means I need to go and get this at the grocery. That drive that magnetic board with the days is a good idea too. That we do. Yeah. So, so it has like Monday is steak and potatoes. Monday is this, and then it's on the fridge so everybody can see it, which is really nice. Yeah. So we plan out our meals for the week, and they go onto our fridge on the calendar for the days, and then to the right side of that is our grocery list. And so as we need things, we just add to it, and we stay within a pretty tight window of nutrition. So we eat a lot of the same things, but that and that obviously just makes the grocery and the planning process easier, but you guys don't have to do that. But what you want to do is make sure that the kids are a part of the process because if they're not a part of the process, they're not going to care. And if they're not engaged with why you're getting what you're getting at the grocery and they're not engaged with cooking and they can't taste like it's not tangible to them. So if you tell them, okay, like we need garlic, why do we need garlic? Well, because we're making, um, you know, this Asian chicken recipe that Maria, Maria makes, which is fantastic, right? And we need garlic for that. And then what you you can have them do is you have them taste it without the garlic and they're like oh yeah that's not as good so now they know now there's a tangible why as to what garlic tastes like what the benefits of garlic are and why we need to go and get that at the store and again what we're setting them up for is a future where when they get to college or when they get into their first job or for me when I go into the army and all of a sudden like mom's not buying groceries anymore. Yeah, they know how to cook good, healthy food. They know how to go to the grocery. They know how to plan to go to the grocery. They know what to get at the grocery. They know they, it's not just, Oh, I'm going to go to Tim Hortons to Subway to give me a, give me a place to Chili's or to, uh, what's your, uh, nervous. Shut down now. 
Yeah, Maria got really sad that Max and Irma shut down. Um, so that's like that's what's going to happen if they don't understand this process before they get let out, sort of into into the wild, for lack of a better way to put it. So we want to engage them with that process. And that one of the biggest tools that you guys can teach your kids on top of um, exercise is cooking. Like teach them how to do some basic cooking. You know, they should be able to make eggs. You know, make toast. Um, like simple stuff, right? How to make rice with like a rice cooker, how to make rice without a rice cooker. Boil soup, cook soup. Yeah, soup, um, how to grill, like all those things. That's pretty basic. That doesn't take a lot. Like I taught Maria, I mean, how long did it take me to teach you to grill? Like five times. Yeah, she's not great at it yet, but we've got, we're we're working on the process. She's a fidgeter. She likes to move too much. Yeah, she's really good on the stove. Um, But this is sort of a process and I always really like growing up cooking with my mom. My nephew really likes growing up still cooking with my mom. And so um, I'm confident that he'll be somebody who's very comfortable in a kitchen for the rest of his life just because of the way his dad and and grandparents have sort of uh, grown him up with that. And so, uh, and then same thing, how do we save the leftovers, measure them, put them into Tupperware, put those into the fridge, and then add that into our planning process for the next day. And these are all things that are just great skill sets to teach your kids. Can't recommend it enough. Um, And this, again, just gets your family into better alignment. And you're also building helpers. So like, if something happens to you as a parent, or if something happens to one of your, like your spouse, you know, if they get laid up, if something bad happens to them and they get, you know, in a car wreck and they're in the hospital, now your, you know, 13 year old son can help you cook, can help you go to the grocery, can do things for you, um, for the family, because we're all in alignment and they'll know how to have those skills and do those things. Uh, so these are great skill sets to teach your kids. And again, it's just a great thing that they're going to need throughout the rest of their lives. So why not teach it to them early? Um, on to the next point. So prioritizing self and health for a chunk of time during the week, right? And we're a big believer in the concept of put your own oxygen mask on first. If you're operating at a high capacity, if you are a, you know, you have strong mental acuity, you're patient, you're not reactionary, you're not emotional, you're in great physical health. Um, you know, as Maria would say for me, uh, a workout has taken the fight out of you. Um, cause sometimes I get real ornery when I don't work out. Um, if that's where you're at with things, you're going to end up being a better parent. Um, and it's true for your kids too. They're going to be more emotionally stable kids if they've been exercising and eating healthy and doing these other things. And this is something that we want to teach kids. So we want our kids to adopt a mindset of, and I actually heard James say this the other day, we were actually talking about it, but no, this is mom's time to work out. Like this is mom's time, right? And that's that, that phrase of getting a four-year-old or a five-year-old to say, this is mom's time. So I don't bug mom during mom's time. Like I behave myself. I'm a good kid during mom's time. Um, that's huge. That's such a cool thing. Hey, we're trying to do a podcast here, bum. Um, so, uh, so this is something that we want to help develop our kids with is understanding that this is a priority for everybody involved, the whole family. And we all want to respect each other's time as it pertains to taking care of themselves and working on ourselves and t- putting and prioritizing our own health. And it was my mom's birthday. It's actually my mom's birthday today. 
happy birthday, mom. <laughs> and um, we celebrated last night. And one of the things that I, I put in her card is I appreciate so much the time and effort and energy that she's put into her own health and well-being so that, you know, she can be here, right, and be capable and be strong and with us um, because I understand that that's not easy to do when you're in your 60s. And so um, I, I appreciate that and I respect the hell out of it because I know a lot of people and a lot of people in her, um, you know, extended circles, they haven't taken that same effort. And so really, really cool to see that. And you want your kids to appreciate those things like and and you should as parents and, and kids, you should appreciate those things for them. And so what starts to happen is when this family alignment happens, when you start to see it, you'll see the kids emulating the parents and that becomes really powerful. The parents become these heroes. They become role models. They become people that kids look up to. And I think that's just awesome, especially if the parents are doing all the right things. Um, so again, this is sort of some of the ways that we like to do this. So parents and kids can work out at the same time. This is something that we've sort of recently somewhat in- implemented. Um, and we want kids to have the sh- same shared language. So um, we want that shared language to be around nutrition. We want to be around exercise. We want to be around personal development generally. We want them to learn how to reframe. So if um, you know if you're in the car driving home from a workout with your kids and they're in the back seat and they're like, how was your workout, mom? They're like, oh, it sucked because it was running and I suck at running, so I hate running. I want the kid to reframe you in that situation, to reframe the parent. I want the kid to be like, well, that's a great opportunity for you to get better. Like, what an awesome opportunity to train something that we know we're going to need in our life. Like, that's okay. It's okay to not be good at stuff, mom. Like, that's one of those things. Like, we want that shared language. We want that shared reframing capability. So we're all in alignment together um, about being kind of supportive in our community. And then we also want some of those positive physical things that we can do together. I think it's one of the unique things about exercise is a little bit like golf and tennis. There's not many things that like, um, you know, that. So a good example, my mom um, is, you know, Jeffrey's uh, young Jeffrey's uh, grandma. She works out at the gym. I work out at the gym. My brother works out at the gym. My nephew works out at the gym. Right. And so we've got three generations working out the gym. There's multiple families that are doing this that have three generations working out the gym at the same time. And when we get together as a family now, we can share in in that development. And there's almost nothing that that you can do that with. Like I I put golf and tennis on here and maybe just a couple of the physically healthy activities that we can engage with from now until, you know, we're in our 80s, 90s, 100s um, and still do some of the same stuff that our great grandkids can do. And I think that's just immeasurably awesome. And I think that we should try to engage in as many of those things as possible. Um, so that's something that's, that I'm, I'm really, really excited about and something that I, I really hope that people um, come to appreciate. And then home workouts and uh, development. So Maria can probably tell me better than this, but how many um, how many text messages of parents do you do you get from parents of kids doing workout stuff at home? Like it, I used to get a lot. Yeah. But now that we have a bunch of newer kids, I don't have many of their numbers, but I get videos. I love videos. Yeah. So she'll just get videos of like... So I like videos. I like seeing them in action. Yeah. You'll get like... A, I always think of like the Kellers, like all doing like a workout in the I should have made a floor and saved all the videos and pictures that people sent me oh, so yeah. you could go back and look at them. Yeah, there's there's just hundreds and hundreds and thousands of these videos. And what it'll be is, you know, the parents uh, will be sitting there wanting to watch football on a Sunday 
and the kids will have all this pent up energy and they're like, we want to do stuff. We want to go do stuff, mom. And then, um, you know, Lisa is always just like, well, just do 50 burpees or like John Sturgeon does that to T. Just do 50 burpees as fast as you can. And then T just does 50 burpees as fast as she can. And okay. she's like, the talent. Yeah. She's like, okay. And so they, they sort of start to, you know, again, the kids, um, start to adopt this healthy lifestyle they start to embody it and they start to want to do it. And that's how they're choosing. Instead of in that moment, they've got all this pent up energy, just like, you know, go, go do, I don't know, go play video games, go do your homework or something like that, where it's maybe not physically active. It doesn't do anything to take that fight out. Um, and I think that we diminish a little bit of like our physical capacity when we do that, uh, over and over again. So I think that's really cool. Home workouts and development. I know we're running a little longer than we wanted to today, guys. So we're going to wrap up here. Oops. It's because of you and, and Charlotte and the puppies, Maria. Um, parent kid partner workouts, really fun. If you guys have ever seen the pictures or videos, that's really cool. Um, you know, parent partners with son or daughter and um, is really fun to watch. And then uh, last one, kids asking parents to go to the gym. This is the big one we get all the time is, Dad, are we going to the gym today? Mom, are we going to the gym today? I want to go. When can we go to the gym again? I want to go to the gym again. Mom, when can we go see Coach Maria? And it's like parents sometimes will be like, man, like I never would have thought that like I'd be coming to the gym on a day when I didn't want to because my kid wanted to come here. And that happens all the time. Um, so it's just an increased level of accountability. And again, this happens when the family is aligned. When, um, I mean, Maria and I get all over each other. If if it's like, hey, you have, have you? how many times have you worked out this week? We ask each other that every single week. And we're always on top of making sure that we get at least four days of workouts, if not five days of workouts um, a week. And that we're eating healthy and we're doing these things. And we've got that shared accountability. And if we go a couple days without it, the other person is right on top to make sure because we have agreed to be in family alignment around health and well-being and development. Um, so that's going to wrap up our, uh, our episode two today, families, huge thing at Friendship, one of the big things that we're really, really proud of. And honestly, probably this is one of the biggest things I've become most proud of is the and now that we are starting to see the first generation of our teens program start to go to college, start to, you know, come back from college and come to the gym during like their summers off and you get to see them through that stage. It is so cool to watch these young people grow up and watch them grow up with like, like Brandon, like being jacked, <laughs> being like, he's like, he's like growing into his memory. goes, he's growing into his man body. He's like, uh, Brandon Mitchell. Oh yeah. Um, and you know they're 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 growing up in these in these programs, and they joined us when they were in high school still, um, or even younger sometimes. And you're seeing them like with health and fitness as a core central part of their life. And I just think that that sets them up for so much success uh, throughout the rest of their life. And I can't say I believe that in that any more than you know everything else that we do. Um, and then same thing with with the parents when we see the parents start to align the family around this shared we're all going to take care of number one we're all going to put our oxygen masks on first we're all going to take care of each other um, you just see that alignment and it goes it gets supercharged it's really really cool alright anything else coach? no I love it gave goosebumps yeah yeah. Uh, and kudos to Maria and kudos to Ed uh, who helped us start our, our youth oh, program yeah. um, so really cool uh, one of the, the priding uh, moments in development for us at Friendship and thank you guys very much for your time I hope you guys have a great Sunday bye I can't see comments, I don't think. So sorry if you guys have been commenting. Bye. Sorry, I put my booger.